Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Thursday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azra and the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazren, that is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. Let's kick things off with a couple of different updates that I am excited about. First and foremost, I realized something that I want to start doing with Mandarin. And this is something I, I highly recommend you guys do, especially if you are learning a language that has characters, such as Mandarin or such as Japanese, and or if you're learning a language that perhaps has a different alphabet and you're struggling to remember that different alphabet. So in Mandarin, what I've started to do literally yesterday is to write in Chinglish or in Mandarin-ish, whatever the combination of Mandarin and English would be. You see, normally what I would typically do when I write, when I write notes for Mandarin, is I would write using English letters like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, etc. I would use English letters to write Mandarin words. So if there's a word like, I don't know, like Kaiwan Xiao, which means like to joke or to make a joke, I would write like K-A-I-W-A-N, etc. I would use English letters. In other words, for people who are studying Mandarin and you know a little bit about it, I would use what is called pinyin, right? P-I-N-Y-I-N. And that is a, the, essentially the English letter system or the Roman letter system to, just, to write in Mandarin, okay? That's what I would do. And so the, the challenge for me or what would happen is that my character knowledge and in terms of how to write characters would be very, very limited and I'd find it quite difficult. So even though I've studied Mandarin for four, yeah, about four years now, you know, my character writing abilities are relatively bad because I've only really practiced characters when I have a test coming up in my university classes, okay? So I yesterday was thinking about something. I was like, man, how can I improve on this? I mean, I will continue to improve with my classes because I will continue to have tests and I'll continue to be forced, quote unquote, to study. But man, it would be nice if it wasn't it would be nice if I could improve it in a less forced way. And I realized yesterday as I was watching my Chinese drama and writing notes, I realized that a great way to do it is for me to write my notes in Chinglish. So what that means is as I'm writing, characters that I think I know how to write or that I can kind of remember how to write, I'm going to write them to the best of my ability and then confirm that I wrote it correctly. Any character where I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea how to write that character. Like I can't even remotely remember. I'm going to write that using English letters. So I'm looking at my notebook right now. For example, I wrote, I don't know, like I'm right, I wrote a sentence here, right? What, what did I write actually? It's kind of hard to read. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. So like I wrote, 我走路来到, right? Now, 我 means I. I wrote that in the Mandarin character, 走路. I can kind of picture that in my brain, but I can't fully remember how to write it. So I wrote it using English letters. 
来 I remember. I wrote that one. And then 到 I couldn't remember, so I wrote in English. So two characters out of the one, two, three, four, five, six I wrote in Mandarin. The rest I wrote using English letters. But even that is better than zero, which is typically what would happen with me. So this is something for people who struggle with writing, who struggle with unfamiliar alphabets. Maybe try and mix the two, right? And maybe that can be something that. Can help you to slowly but surely improve with learning the unfamiliar characters slash alphabets. I'm not sure if that works. I'm guessing it will. So far, it feels right to me. I'll keep you updated as I keep going with this particular strategy. Now, the other thing I want to talk about here is subtitles. Okay, this is a, a debated topic I find among language learning circles. There are people who believe that yeah, you can watch movies or TV shows with subtitles. And you're going to be able to learn from that. On the flip side, there's people who say that, oh no no no, sub subtitles are not good. If you if you turn the subtitles on, you stop listening and you just start reading, and ultimately it's it's a bit of a cop out or a crutch that doesn't help you. And I wanted to share what's been working for me in terms of subtitles. Now I have been watching this drama, this soap opera, let's call it, in Mandarin. Also, a side note, a bit of a tangent. I'm kind of embarrassed that I'm watching a soap opera in Mandarin, and I'm kind of embarrassed that I'm actually kind of into it. You know, when I look at my TV watching and I look at、um, a lot of the movies and such that I've liked in the past, I have a weird feeling about myself that maybe I would be super into soap operas and dramas and such, but I just don't fully let it happen. Like when I look at the TV shows I watch. I watch like Arrow. I watch a lot of superhero shows, but a big element of those superhero stories, of those super superhero shows, are the cheesy love stories. And I was like, huh, interesting. As a kid growing up, a lot of the people in Canada or USA, you guys might be able, you might know what this is. I used to watch Y and R, Young and the Restless, with my mom, because basically everyone in my family watches it. Now I grew out of it. Eventually, I was like, wait, this is kind of ridiculous. But even now. I'll still kind of watch it in the background, be like, "Oh, Nick's doing this. Oh, Victor Newman's doing blah blah blah. Oh, okay, cool. Is that like I still kind of <laughs> know? Oh, Sharon's remarried. What? Like I still kind of know what's going on. I watched a Taiwanese movie. It was like super love. It was like love octagons. It wasn't even like love triangles. Love octagons for crying out loud. It was. <laughs> it's something else. Anyway, I digress. But I do think. Don't be surprised if in like. I don't know. 22 years, I've decided I don't like languages anymore. For some reason, I don't want to do anything Harry Potter related. Don't be surprised if you see Azrin, the soap opera nerd. Okay, maybe you won't go that far. But anyway, back on topic. So I'm watching this Chinese drama, right? I'm watching it on YouTube, and it's in Mandarin, and there are English subtitles. Okay, so English, my mother tongue. I'm using the English subtitles now. A lot of people say this is not a good idea. However, it's been working really, really well for me. It's been amazing, actually. What I've been doing is, as the as I'm watching the show, I'll be listening to what they're saying and reading the English subtitles, and I'll try to match up, based on my knowledge of Mandarin, I'll try to match up the unfamiliar words that they say with the word in the subtitles. So it's not always possible because sometimes the subtitles is not a direct word-per-word -word translation of what the individual said on the screen. It's not always so it doesn't always work. But I would say a good 10% of the time or 15% of the time, there's a it's very clear that oh that person said drunk, right? And the subtitle said drunk. Oh that definitely was the word for drunk. I'll then look in a dictionary to confirm it, right? And then ta-da, 
I, I learned a new word. And this is fantastic. So great one. Let me just actually flip my, my Mandarin notebook right now. Um, it's right in front of me. So a great example was the word fan zheng, right? Fan zheng is like, I guess in English, it's kind of like at any rate or anyways is kind of a good translation for it. So this is the word I heard someone say, and I was like, wait, what is that anyways? That seems like a good stall word. Cause she literally said fan zheng. And then on the subtitles, it said anyways. And I was like, oh, that seems like a good stall word. Let me confirm that it actually means anyways. How do I use it? Turns out it's a little bit more complex than that. And there's a whole grammar point around this word, but you know, after about 20 minutes of, of going through the internet, surfing through different websites, you know, reading about it and such, I found that I understood this word. What's crazy that, what's crazy now is that once I learned that word, I realized that they're using it quite a bit in the, in this whole series. And now that I learned it once by using the English subtitles and obviously using my knowledge of Mandarin, I was able to understand that word moving forward without using the subtitles. So this, it's actually super weird. Um, this is, it's, it's very uncanny. This has not happened to me in this exact way before. And I'm starting to really understand how there are people who literally learn a language really well, simply by watching TV and never by actually taking classes or anything. <laughs> like I have now watched through about four or five episodes of this drama. Each episode's about uh, 45 minutes to an hour. So slightly under an hour. And in the beginning, I remember watching it thinking like, oh my God, I, I can't, I can barely even make out one word that they're saying. Like they're speaking so fast. It's so muffled. Oh my goodness. I was literally reading subtitles and that was it. Like I would not understand anything if there were no subtitles. Okay. So that was like the first episode, but then I started to slowly write down some new words. I started to like look stuff up. And what's funny is that, especially in these series, for whatever reason, in dramas, and I think this is true, and I'm gonna pay attention to make sure, the vocabulary being used to an extent is repetitive, to an extent, because every single show falls within a certain genre. There's certain, you know, professions the characters work in. There's certain types of people that they know. So a great example is like two main characters in this particular uh, drama, one of which is the old, one of the people is the older sister of a guy who's also a main character. The older guy, the, the, excuse me, the younger brother is always calling his, his older sister by the word for older sister, right? And I was like, so if I, I already knew that word, but if I didn't know that word, I would know it so well because he keeps saying it throughout the whole series. Or like they work in a very high pressure, very like high stakes, uh, Madison Avenue, kind of like a big, big, big kind of company, right? The two of the main characters and they have very important jobs. So one of the, t some of the types of words that have been coming up recently are like promotion and demotion. These are words that they're using frequently or in the show, there's like blind dates, a blind date, blind dates are a big part of the show. So I keep hearing it over and over. There's a lot of words, fan zheng, fan zheng, this word we talked about before has been used many times. So vocabulary to an extent is repetitive. So now that I'm on episode five, is it or four? I think it's five now or four and a half. I'm almost on episode four. You know, I can actually understand probably, I don't know, like 40%, 35, 40% of everything that's going on, all the words, all the grammar, everything without looking at the subtitles. That's a huge improvement from zero, which was literally four episodes ago. <laughs> And not to mention the other thing, and this is um, related to, well, it's, not, it's actually unrelated to, unrelated to vocabulary, but it's an interesting point. Um, you need to understand that the first time you talk to somebody, whether it's in real life, whether it's online, whether you're watching a video, it's the first time you're hearing them speak. It's probably actually not even probably 
it's going to be difficult or more difficult to understand them. Even in your mother tongue, by the way, I was actually paying attention. Um, when I meet people or when I hear, hear people speak for the first time in English, obviously I understand, but there's like this moment where it's like, it's almost like my brain is calibrating their voice. Now in English, this voice calibration happens very quickly because I'm fluent in English, right? In French, it happens quickly too. In Spanish, it happens quickly too for me, right? In Mandarin, it's a language I'm still learning. I'm not quite as strong. And it takes a longer time for my brain to calibrate to someone's voice. So what happens though, is that the first time I hear someone speak or that I interact with someone, I might think like, oh my God, I don't understand a single word that they're saying. This is like crazy difficult. However, give me like half an hour, an hour, whatever with that person, suddenly my brain unconsciously starts to catch on to their speech patterns, to the words they use, to their accent, to the way they pronounce words and the whole cadence behind how they speak. And it makes it a lot easier. So in this show, when, as I said before, initially it was impossible. I did not understand a single word they're saying, but now I think my ears have calibrated to how these characters speak and it's way easier. Like it's much easier. And not to mention, I've been tracking a lot of the words, writing them down, and uh, it's been helping a lot as well. So at any rate, when it comes to subtitles on television shows or Netflix or movies or whatever, I think it's a really, I actually think it can be a really good tool, but you have to use it in the right way. You have to make sure you're looking up, not every word, because every word's gonna take you forever, and it's not gonna work because the things that characters are saying in the TV show or movie do not always directly translate to the subtitles, but you have to use the knowledge you have about the language, right? In tandem with listening to what they're saying, in tandem with reading the subtitles, and when there is de a definite connection of like, aha, the word he just said is this word in my language, you have to hit pause, you have to write it down, right? You have to be like, oh, I get it. Write some example sentences, rewind, re-listen to it without the subtitles or without reading the subtitles, rewind again, re-listen, be like, oh, I think I got it. And then keep watching. You have to watch it in that kind of very active way. And if you can, like if you feel yourself getting comfortable, which some of you will, you have to slowly wean yourself off of the subtitles when you can. So. In the first episode of the show, I, that, of this Mandarin show, I was I was reading the subtitles all the time. Now, what I do is I don't read them. Cause I was like, wait a second, I think I can kind of follow along anyway. I don't read them. And I only read them when it's like, oh my God, I have no idea what they just said. Like that was so beyond me. And that was like, then I might go and read the subtitles and use that as a reference, right? So how long has this been going here? This has been going for, how long has it been going on? I can't see the time on my phone. Here we go. 14 minutes. Well, I think this is good. A nice tight podcast episode. We give some really good advice, I think. Um, any quick final life updates that come to mind? Um, nothing really life update wise that comes to mind right now. So I think we can wrap that up. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate your attention and we will talk later. Bye for now. See you.